Hello, this is Father Kevin O'Neill from San Alfonso Retreat House in Long Branch, New Jersey. Today is the 17th Sunday in Ordinary Time. On August the 1st of this year, as every year, the Church celebrates the feast of the founder of my religious order, the Redemptorists. It is the feast of St. Alphonsus Liguri. He wrote many books in his lifetime. Today's reading from the book of Genesis reminds me of these words from his book, How to Converse Continually and Familiarly with God. St. Alphonsus wrote, Realize that God does not wish to be feared as a terrible tyrant, but wishes to be treated like a most affectionate friend. Therefore, God desires that you speak with familiarity and with no restrictions. Well, Abraham certainly knew that close to 4,000 years before St. Alphonsus. Today's reading from the book of Genesis is a great bargaining story between Abraham and God. And it's an example of the kind of deep relationship with God that Abraham had. In fact, Abraham reminds God of who he is. At one point, Abraham says to God, Far be it from you to make the innocent die with the guilty, so that the innocent and the guilty would be treated alike. Should not the judge of all the world act with justice? Those are pretty brazen words from Abraham to God. But God wants this kind of conversation with us. It reminds me of the simple description of prayer that I learned when I was a child. Prayer is talking with God. So we might take St. Alphonsus's advice and pray continuously and familiarly with God. Now, what do we say to God? First, as I've already said, we talk about what's going on in our lives. But today's gospel gives us the wonderful Lord's Prayer to reflect on in particular. And even though this is a prayer that has been passed down over the centuries and is a formal prayer in a sense, it begins most familiarly with Father. Or some would say that Jesus was saying Dad or even Daddy. But we begin Our Father, not My Father, but we pray it immediately associated with other people. Our Father. We were baptized into a community of believers, more often than not by loved ones who wanted to pass the faith on to us. We pray our Father because we belong with others, brothers and sisters made in the image of God, brothers and sisters in Christ. So we pray our Father. Hallowed be your name. May your name be holy. Your name. Whose name is to be made holy? You know the phrase, I'd like to make a name for myself? There is a temptation to make it all about ourselves, making a name for ourselves. But it's God's name that is holy. Now that's not to say that God doesn't work wonderful things through us. Our belief that God's only begotten Son became human underscores that God became human and worked out salvation through Jesus, who was human and divine. 
So for this reason, we must acknowledge that we are good instruments in the hands of God, but that it is ultimately God working through us, bringing his work to completion. So it's God's name that is to be holy. Through our lives, we call attention to the one who alone is holy. And we pray, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. We want the kingdom of God to reign. We're praying that God's style of running a kingdom would be ours. What style is that? We see it in Jesus. A self-sacrificing love for the good of others. Not a self-centered grabbing for ourselves. Do we want this kingdom? Are we willing to let go of non-kingdom characteristics and actions? To become servants of others? Of our brothers and sisters? If so, we pray, thy kingdom come. We pray, give us each day our daily bread. Certainly we have no hesitation to pray for sustenance. But notice the us, a concern that we all have bread. And there's the word daily bread, which some say really means fresh bread. The prayer isn't give me bread for the next ten days, but our daily bread. We're reminded to return each day so that we don't become convinced that we can make it on our own. We acknowledge our need daily and perhaps open our hearts in gratitude for the daily bread of the previous day. Daily we approach God in need. Can we pray that way? With that kind of 24-hour, one-day-at-a-time trust? Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone in debt to us. Or, as we usually say, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Do we want to pray this line, asking God to forgive as we forgive? Now, we have to understand the context for this part of the prayer. In Jewish law, you could not hold a debt over a person forever. After six years, the debt was forgiven. So the prayer was saying, Treat me the same way, God. Don't hold a debt over me forever. Forgive me as I must forgive others. That helps us to understand the prayer. But it's not really our world now. And actually, we cannot tell God how to measure out mercy. The bottom line is that there is no end to God's mercy. We're not the measure of mercy. God is. My prayer would rather be, help me to forgive as you have forgiven me. We don't pray to ask God to be us, to shrink God's mercy to ours, but that we might be changed and become like God. Forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone in debt to us. Do not subject us to the final test, or as we usually pray, Lead us not into temptation. Remember the tests and the temptations that Jesus faced at the beginning of his ministry. The temptation to turn stones to bread to take care of himself. To test God by throwing himself off a cliff. The temptation to be controlled, the controller of all the kingdoms of the earth. 
they were temptations to make all things about himself. But Jesus said no. In this final petition, we pray that we might say no as well. We don't want to undo everything we've just prayed for, so we pray not to be tested in any way where we might make it all about ourselves and not about God and his kingdom. Do not subject us to the final test. I wonder when you say the Our Father, what words stand out for you? For me, I think the first two words are the most important. If we can come to pray in faith, Our Father, or Dad, or dear affectionate friend, believing in our hearts that we are loved unconditionally by God, not because we've done anything to deserve it, but just because God chooses to love us. If that is what we do, then the other things that we pray for will come naturally. In the face of a God of love like this, who else would we want to be in touch with continually and familiarly? Who else's name should be made holy, or whose kingdom other than our Father's should come? Who better to approach in our need? Who else could teach us best about mercy and forgiveness? To whom else would we want standing with us in the trials of our lives but this faithful God? Our Father, Abba, Dad, Affectionate Friend, let me receive your love and live in it. And by doing so, may your kingdom come.